occult gnosis. Truly knowing something. Sounding smart. Apparently being able to do just about anything. Gnosis and occultism. Who is the super big bad? Magicians, witches and occultists out there. What can they do? What do they get up to? Who the fuck knows? Let's be fair. The only people that we really have much of an idea of what they get up to privately in their magical works and the like is really ourselves. Okay. Now, there's a couple of approaches you can take to progressively magic. The most common approach is let's accumulate other people's knowledge. Now, you do hear quite a lot about people saying, oh, if only I could learn from others' mistakes, I would have had a better life and wouldn't have caused as much shit to happen that could have been prevented in my life and so on and so forth. Now, accumulation of knowledge from other people is not such a bad technique. However, when it comes to being your only technique for further development, it becomes a trap, okay? So if you find yourself making notes from the things that we talk about or other people that put occult content out and then try to copy those notes, you're not really going to fucking learn anything. Now, for the people that like this approach, this episode you're probably going to cream your fucking pants over. I'm calling it just the tip because I'm going to spill out a couple of little occulty secrets that are kind of secret, but at the same time, not really secret. And we're going to kind of delve into this specific approach. Now, other approaches out there are I am going to do constant experiments and change and come up with little ideas to prove and disprove. That's kind of like science, isn't it? That's how science works. So the person that's very kind of insular and all they tend to do is do their own little projects. They don't get involved with other people and they're limited to a certain extent by their own creativity. That has its limits also, because the problem is, is if you are very insular and you're only dealing with the only things that come to mind, then you're dealing with things that you have, to a certain extent, a comprehension of. But what about things you don't comprehend? What about things that you don't, you've never even thought of? If you're just reliant on being the hermit that shuts themselves away and doesn't pay attention to what else is going on or whatever people and things get up to, then the thing is, that can also be a trap because traps are things that trap you to stop you from moving on so if magical development is really what you're after getting gnosis in the form of other people telling you a bunch of shit to memorize and i'm not just picking on the correspondences i'm picking about how you answer questions if you answer questions based on so and so says this so and so says that well this is the majority answer or what the majority of people believe 
you know, that is not really nexus. That is not really very practical. All that does is point you in a direction that should be proven or disproven. Go in and be inspired by your own creativity and coming into, you know, basically just going on a little um, project fast and doing various different things. You can do that for lifetimes upon lifetimes upon lifetimes and not really get any further. If you're someone that really, really, really likes making things out of clay, yeah, you could become a potter, you could become a sculptor, you could do that in so many different ways, but you are only going to be a master of clay. It's an endless direction, really, when you think about it, just going down the clay route. Now, these are what we kind of think of as rabbit holes. And normally, if you look at your practice, there'll be certain things when you've been practicing a while that you become dependent on and that you also are really, really good at. Maybe even the go-to type of system or magic um, or way of working. And that's very much you. And you do become a master of what you do the most of. So with that, that's a case of your own insular practice. Now, outside of that, which is where you people used to make the most progress, is the technically what gets misconstrued as curriculum-based work or like school, which is someone else testing you. It's essentially what that is, whether it's via apprenticeship or whether it be via something else. What you have is an external influence. That could be a human witch, magician, or it could be a spirit or something, you know, god, goddess, whatever. That is something that is testing you, is pulling you down a journey and down a path that you personally do not really see the direction or where you're going, but you're pulled in to that. That's one of those things that also can be a trap. Okay, notice how all of these things are, are I'm calling traps, like I'm about to um, say the one true path, the path that's the best, you know, which I'm not actually going to do because you're human. So let's be fair, all paths are flawed as a human. We have to do the best with what we've got. And the best of what we've got is that if we have a couple of ideas of how to progress and how to learn, whether that be finding things from other magical practitioners, whether that be doing experiments and working in ways that we're inspired, whether that be entering into challenges, or whether that be studying under the tuition of other people or things, you know, all of these things. As a practitioner, the best thing really to do is all of those. And to see, by comparing and contrasting what you've learned and what pushes you further, which ones of those work the best. Because they don't all work equally with everything, okay? So when it comes to gnosis, learning and understanding, truly understanding is really kind of gnosis, isn't it? Um, then, and we'll ignore personal gnosis versus general gnosis, you know, we're talking about understanding, we're about, we're talking about true understanding. Now, the way most, what I, what I see most people do is most people, because they come from that western idea of the school system, that you graduate, 
okay, and that you're someone when you get a specific degree, qualification, um, job title, that kind of thing. A lot of people apply this to magical training. What they think is they think, well, what I need to do is I need to understand out of everyone that's in the world currently, or maybe who has ever lived, what's the average standard of magical practitioner? And then if I could just get that, that's kind of a graduation point, okay? Now, in order to find that out, you may think what I need to do is I need to start investigating and seeing what other people put out there. When people refer to being able to actually travel, oh, lots of people talk about this. Lots of people talk about the benefits of this. This is a pretty common thing. Oh, what about um, understanding life after death? What about healing magic? What about this? What about that? What about psychic development? What about being able to read? What about being able to see the future? What about being able to manifest millions upon millions of pounds? You know, all of these things, people think and try to get that their world is kind of shaped by what do they see the majority of practitioners out there being able to do. Now, the problem is, is that you are only really going to interact with the level of practitioner that's at your level or a little bit further. Okay. Generally speaking, you'll notice this. In fact, anyone can look at this, whether you're new to this path or not. Because if you look at your background, maybe you come from a atheist family or a religious family, or a, I don't fucking know, hippy dippy new age family or anything like that, or have that kind of a background. What you'll find is from, from whether you are at that level, which is a level of really not knowing fuck all, let's be fair, whether you interact with other people that are new agers that don't really understand what the fuck they're doing or Christians that don't really fucking understand what they're doing or Jews that don't really fucking understand what they're doing or any sort of religious or non-religious people that don't really fucking understand anything. You'll find that all of these people are in that kind of group then what you'll find is your progression you'll find a little bit further where you'll find the people that are actually all of these people rely on someone else or something else telling them some kind of whether it just be the strict science and principles of the universe that are yet to be understood or are understood that we're you know stuck by governed by or whether it be some kind of deity up in the clouds or something like that it comes from a place of not really having much power at all you know, now some people kid themselves into thinking that they're trying to push and get more strength, power and understanding. Lots of atheists think that, but actually that still is a trap because most of it tends to come down to, for the average person, reading a book, being told, being told what how atoms work, how atomic structure work, how the universe works, being told, not investigating for themselves, it being put in a nice little documentary or being put in a nice little Bible or the pastor at the front of the church saying this is how it is. These people are the kind of lowest denomination that you'd really talk about. People on a magical path, normally, and I'm talking about magical path in that magical path is pushing further development of magic, because you'll find a lot of those idiots, the religious people, they'll get the old Bible out and do cutting folk healing charms or something like that. But that's just a part of their religion. That's part of their practice. They don't understand how it works, really, nor do they tinker with it, because it's dogmatic very often. It's been passed down. So, of course, I'm not going to change it. 
right? People on a magical path push them further. What they'll do is they'll try to understand it and they'll try to understand it and push past it in other forms, okay? So whether it be pushing it to its nth degree, okay, or whether it be comparing and contrasting things outside of that system, but not acquiring knowledge, not a Jewish person thinking, I wonder what this Islam thing and this Christian thing's all about, because it kind of comes from the same thing, doesn't it? It's just slightly newer than our religion. I wonder if it has anything to offer. I'm not fucking talking about that, because that is talking about pulling in information and just memorizing that and having it warp. What I'm talking about is interfering with the fucking system. Okay, magic is interfering with the system, it's changing and controlling. I've talked about that on that magical manipulation -y one that I did, I think, last time. But thinking about pushing magical development, think about how you push your magical development. Okay, because the people that we mentor, they push their magic development, the ones that really do push, the ones that really do excel. Okay are the ones that get inspired, okay? They listen to what we say and what they pick up from other people, yeah? They have a think about how that changes their paradigm, what they think about it. And then what they do is they go and do the next step, the next one. They don't just take it in and say, yes, 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 I'll memorize this now, Leon. Yes, I'll memorize this. What they do is they take that and then they try to do fucking strange little experiments, right? Which is the second people, second people that we were talking about. People that are a little bit insular, but they're all combined. They're doing their own thing. They're pushing themselves out there, but they are actually doing something. The third time, the third thing is when they've made some progress, they've done some sort of experiments. Maybe they've done it, have got somewhere with it. Maybe they haven't. But what they are doing is they're kind of thinking now, well, I've tried all of the things I can think to try. What can I do now? And at that point, you're normally looking for someone or something that is further advanced and further developed from you. So we've got the inspiration, right, is the first thing. All of this stuff, religion and all of that, books, what you read, other people's diaries and journals and blog posts and stuff, that's inspiration. That is not you memorizing shit and regurgitating it, thinking that you know it because you fucking don't experimentation wields results but also shows you where your current limits are okay in um fitness it would be called your one rep max you know what is the most you can do currently how far can you get down that rabbit hole currently okay that would be you on your own trying your fucking best until you run out of ideas. When you run out of those ideas, and only when you run out of those ideas, do you then go to try and find, now I've got this specific problem, this specific thing that I can't do or don't understand. Astral projection is a very popular one lately. I'm gonna see if I can find someone or something that can do it, that's gonna assist me further develop this skill, okay? Now, there are a lot of people that think I can just go and enroll on a witchcraft diploma or I can go that and I'll learn a little bit of everything. I'm too scared to make a start on my own. I don't know where to start. That is fucking bullshit, right? That, you ain't gonna ever be a witch if that, because 
the problem is, is you need to be delving into things, right? To say, I don't know where to start is the most stupid fucking thing you can possibly fucking say. Because think of just the bullshit buzzwords that come out of all these fucking Wiccan books. Astral projection, spell work, all of this. Fucking close your eyes, flick through it, open your eyes with your finger on a fucking word or sentence. And fucking try that, right? I don't know where to start is bullshit. Okay, this thing about getting a mentor, this thing about enrolling in a course, right, is all about I am stuck. I cannot get any further. Okay, because you need to develop as a magical practitioner on a magical path leaning towards developing, you need to really and truly understand and develop the critical thinking skills and the ability to experiment yourself and being unreliant on a fucking god or goddess to tell you or another person to tell you or to read it somewhere. You know, you need to be doing that. All three of these things, all three to four to a certain extent of these things are all tools that you should probably be using together, all together, okay? I know most of you do. Most of you are smart enough to have figured this out, but some people don't, okay? Now, I could say, let's, let's, let's have a little look on the list. Let's have a little look on the list, what have we got, okay? Sacred geometry, spirit classifications, life after death, the magical business, right, okay, interesting. Sacred geometry, okay, let's put out some tips and gnosis and stuff like that and see and compare and contrast a couple of these different models, right? Sacred geometry as a subject, what the fuck is sacred geometry? What is all of these fucking sign symbols and all that bollocks? Because I think that I'm attracted to the pentagram, the pentacle, the little five-pointed star in a little circle because for some reason I, I'm drawn to it. And then I read in a book that it represents the four elements plus the fifth element, which is a spirit or some other shit. Some people use time if you're from the frost tradition. But, oh, I understand that symbol now. Oh, I understand what that is. And that, that means that every time I look at that symbol, I know because the Wiccan book said that that's what the symbol stands for. I mean, even though Wicca was just created in the 50s, essentially, 20th century, I knew that I could go back thousands upon year, thousands of years and see that similar um, symbol, or maybe even that exact symbol, and know exactly what it means. This is all bullshit, right? This is all bullshit. So a little bit of gnosis pushing that further, because I'm using a specifically stupid example, specifically, because what I want you to do is I want you to think, ah, Liam, I already knew that. I already knew that that was bollocks, right? I already knew that there were older and multiple readings for this symbol. But let's think about some other things. Sacred geometry. What is sacred geometry? It's shapes and shit that is kind of sacred to people and like apparently has some sort of uberly cool magical powers or something, isn't it? Isn't that what it is? If I draw this thing, somehow it's got energy attached to it. I don't fucking know, Liam. Please tell me, Liam. Ideally, you'd be going for a Rolodex in your mind of, well, okay, how do I use this? How do I see other people using this? What do the books say? And then maybe what experiments and that could I do based on what I already understand or to find out what's going on? There'll be the other people that will just want me to spare out, which I'm going to do. Okay, I'm going to do. 
So with sacred geometry, putting it logically, sort of thing that you could potentially read in a book, okay? Or probably not read in a book because that would be normally those books of symbols are less about sacred geometry and more specific symbols as a book of symbology. But sacred geometry in general is a shorthand, shorthand, you know? Instead of writing out reams, you need to be able to jot something down really quickly. And the only way to do that is to basically take and reduce and reduce and reduce and abbreviate, yeah? Magical shorthand, that is sacred geometry to a certain extent. It gets a lot more advanced than that. But essentially what we're talking about is magical shorthand with most symbols. So words, yeah, we can string words together. If we just use the English language, we can make all sorts of complex theories and ideas and things like that and put them down on a piece of paper. Sometimes there are limits to what we can put in English, but if we have a broad repertoire of languages. We can add the odd word, déjà vu, for example. We'll add an extra word from another language, but it's still all words, yeah, that we're putting together. Now, obviously, a picture shows a thousand words, so all of this massive, huge fucking complex reams and fucking essays, you could condense into a picture, you know, a kind of symbol of what that means, okay? And pictures show so much. They can show emotion, they can show concepts, they can show fucking pretty much almost anything, right? A picture, yeah? Now, what about pictures? If you get lots of pictures and all of these complex, superly intricate things and then condense them again, then you kind of get symbols, okay? Symbols, symbology, sacred geometry, that sort of stuff. So as an abbreviation of an abbreviation, technically of an abbreviation, because if the original concept that you understand Writing it down is an abbreviation of that because you're never fully ever going to be able to write everything down in the complexity that you yourself would understand it. Trust me, I do write and in blogs and podcasts, just can't do it, right? So the written form and language is an abbreviation. Lots missing from that, yeah? The picture is an abbreviation of that, but condensed into a smaller space. Yeah, picture, painting, whatever. And then the symbol is condensed down again, which is an abbreviation again. So an abbreviation of an abbreviation of, a, of an abbreviation, right? Yes. So sacred geometry is a massive abbreviation for so many different things. The difference with sacred geometry is that sacred geometry is a tool, okay? It's a tool for getting things done, purely and simply. It's a tool, okay? Now, it can be used as language to a certain extent, but what you tend to find with language is language is a lot more sophisticated in the form of being able to get rid of the questions, okay? So if I was to explain to you how astral travel works, I could draw you a symbol and it would explain it perfectly how astral travel works, an astral body and all that sort of thing. I could draw you a symbol, right? Now, I could talk you through the symbol or I could get you to open up the symbol and have all of that information down, download directly into your brain, potentially. But that is... It's, it's, it is 
a tool for that because if I'm using it via like a USB stick or a CD or something for a download system, that's a tool at the end of the day, isn't it? With language and written form, that's mainly designed to convey ideas to a broad audience, okay? Most symbols and sacred geometry and that are tools that are abbreviated that a few people that use them really understand them, right? Some would say it's a secret language, but it's primarily used as a tool and a focal point and a summary. Think of atomic structure, yeah? If you understand atomic structure, you understand what when you're looking at a diagram of an atom, what it's supposed to convey. Someone that's never heard of what the fucking atom is before would not understand what that is, okay? But you do. So if you are utilizing sacred geometry, remember you're utilizing a tool. It's a secret tool, not necessarily because it was designed to be a secret tool, but because by its very nature, it is not the best way of teaching and conveying ideas to generally anyone, right? You'd probably use maths for that, mathematics. But Liam, sacred geometry has all got all sorts of mathematical theorems and all that sort of shit. And I mean, look at the Great Pyramid. Scientists still don't understand the fucking Great Pyramid. The Great Pyramid <laughs> primarily is a fucking tool, right? Primarily a tool, yeah? The fact that you think the person put that tool there to teach you a lesson is kind of like going out the front of your house, looking at a car that was not there yesterday and thinking, fuck, there is so much information in this car. I have fucking reverse engineered this car and I think I understand how combustion engines work. The purpose of the car was never to design a way of teaching someone how combustion engine work. Because what they would do is fucking release a course in a book for that, right? It is simply a tool. It is an automobile. It's designed to be used, right? Sacred geometry, when we understand how to utilize it, it becomes a tool. When we don't understand how to utilize it, it becomes a mystery to be unraveled very often. Now, unraveling a mystery, and this is a difficult bit, if I look upon a symbol or something, now, what I could do is I could be thinking, which is what a load of people do, which is fucking stupid, right? Or I always find stupid and pointless, which is oh, this ancient culture. I found this a hieroglyphic or this a cave painting or this a thing and it's got this symbol on it I want to know what it means this ancient culture they knew so much I want to know what it means and what they think is they think that they need to unravel this mystery to find out what the ancient culture understood the symbol to be generally not possible right generally not when the more you look into archaeology the more you tend to find there is a guesswork educated guesswork but guesswork right now, you need to think less about, hmm, what did this symbol get used for? What did this Stonehenge get used for? And more about, okay, I don't quite understand the history of this, this car thingy 
thing with four wheels, the science side. But I understand that when I turn the key and press the pedals, it fucking does shit. And I will teach myself how to drive, right? What you need to understand about sacred geometry is that you could think of it as, for people that like puzzles, as a puzzle to be worked out, right? You could also think of it as a secret way to convey information to a very specific narrow audience. Or you could look at it as something pretty looking. Okay, that I want to utilize in my practice, like the Insta Witches. I do a little grid or draw something that looks kind of uber cool because all the cool occult kids are doing it. And it's in that Grimoire Verum. So, of course, I want to use it because it looks so cool and it's freaky looking. <gasps> Triangle of art. I'll stick it on a t shirt and a keyring and a phone case because that's cool, right? Sacred geometry, innit? Yeah. Sacred geometry, abbreviation of an abbreviation of an abbreviation. Okay, I will discuss a very specific symbol and I will discuss my use of that very specific symbol at a later date that will probably take at the very least one hour, potentially two hours, which is why I'm not going to discuss it now. I will break down basic symbol shaker geometry in the form of one specific story and a story that's very dear to my heart because it happens to be one of my stories in that is actually one of my magical workings and operations. So sacred geometry and think about what I've said. Now that doesn't fucking tell you anything, does it? None of what I fucking said has told you anything, okay? But there will be people that think they're a little smarter because they've managed to connect a few dots from based on what I've just said or managed to regurgitate some information that other people think, hmm, I've never thought of that. Hmm, that's quite clever, hmm, yes. Bollocks, right? That's not how you learn. Take what I thought, my thoughts on sacred geometry, abbreviations, puzzles, yeah, and think about utilizing yourself. Think about experiments to do yourself. It's not good enough to say, huh, Liam said about taking big occult concepts and breaking them down into the form of a symbol. Ah, I get the theory of that. I will file that away. I may even suggest it to someone, but I will file it away, okay? That's no different than a reading in a book and, and taking on information, right? Think about what I haven't fucking just said. Because there's a lot of shit that is missing from what I've said. And you ain't going to know because I'm not telling you, okay? The only way you are going to know is by going away and pushing further down that rabbit hole because there's a lot fucking further a rabbit hole than sacred, down sacred geometry rabbit hole than what we've just gone to. I've just said something that a lot of people don't necessarily say, which for the little magpies out there that like to pick apart little bits of occult knowledge and memorize them, <gasps> I've found a new bit. <gasps> there's one book that said this tiny little thing and no other books fucking said it, filed away in my fucking brain. Oh, I'm that much smarter now. No. Think about taking what I've said and pushing a little bit further. So there we go. That is today's Occult Ramblings. And this is just really a part one, because when you go away and you do this, what I'm then going to do is we're going to do a part two, and I'm going to take you down the rabbit hole I went down, and we'll see how that works. And there we go.